Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Coming up on this episode of White Wine Question Time. There were much bigger guns than me putting your words out to their audiences. Um, Chloe Kardashian, Tony Collette, Pink, man, Pink. Yes. Pink. Yes, I know that was a night. Most people will say they don't consider themselves to enjoy poetry or read it when actually they are. They're reading it all the time and they're often writing it without realising it as well. You have already made me cry, Donna. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And this is a brand new midweek mini episode, which sees us not delving into vintage chats from the White Wine Question Time cellar, but instead is bringing you a guest that I discovered online who's subsequently gone on to become, well, the UK's best-selling poet for the last two years. When I first saw her words in an Instagram post as we were plunged into the first lockdown, her poem, History Will Remember When the World Stopped, seemed to say and capture everything I was feeling and yet struggling to articulate. And I wasn't the only one. The post went viral and turned writing and poetry from a hobby into a career as a published author for her. During lockdown, having just moved back to Scotland where she was born and raised with her husband Robert and their two teenage sons, they found themselves unemployed, their business forced to shut. 
and she started to share her thoughts and angst and worries in a blog that she's established online called Pass It On Ladies, where her ability to always find the right words for every manner of difficult emotional situation saw her online community grow to more than one million followers. And it was with their encouragement and support that she self-published three books of her work before becoming the subject of a bidding war and signing ultimately with the publisher that she's with now. In fact, she's just published her first book with them, World Hope, Healing Words on Dark Days, which saw her become a Sunday Times bestseller. And her words have been shared by the likes of Pink, Tony Collette, James Corden, Lisa Snowden, Khloe Kardashian and Davina McCall, because, well, she speaks for so many of us with her thoughtful prose. But now it's time for her to speak for herself. I'm really excited for you to discover her and to get to know the woman behind the poetry. So let's dial her in. It's Donna Ashworth. Oh, I feel quite emotional having listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, how beautifully put. I sound, I sound great when you say it all like that. Thank you very much. Donna, I can't tell you the pressure I felt to find the right words to oh, land you because well. you always find the right words for that's, everyone else. That's very kind, but so do you. And that voice of yours is like is like warm honey. So <laughs> it just adds so much uh, gravitas to everything you say. So wonderful, wonderfully done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and welcome to the pod because I know you're one of our regular listeners. Yes, I'm delighted to be here. Like a little dream come true, I can't even begin to tell you. I'm, I don't want to be too giddy, but yes, I am. <laughs> well, you DM'd me a while back and said, I, I don't want to be cheeky and please don't think me rude. And by this point, we'd, by the way, established um, contact on social media. I'd shared your, your work first as ladies pass it on and then subsequently under your own name well, when you found the chutzpah to come out from behind the pseudonym. Yes, yes. And you said, please, please forgive me if I'm being bullshit or presumptuous, but if you ever wanted to have me on the podcast, I would be most... <laughs> Uh, delighted and you said you know I've been manifesting three things you'd manifested woman's hour yes where yes. you went on the show and by yes. the way millions of shares later went down yes. storm you manifested yes. this yeah and what was the other one Lorraine and you've done them all this year <laughs> As we sit Yay! here on the 15th of December, 2023. Just, just got in at the very last minute. Thank you for, for making that happen for me. But Donna, in the words of Reverend Richard Coles, who also introduced you and loved your work, by the way, oh, previous I guest love on the him. show. I love him. Uh, you are that most rare beast. <laughs> you are rarer than hen's teeth. You are a successful working <laughs> yeah. poet. I know. When he said that, I thought, gosh, that is a line. Uh, you know, well, most poets are dead before they make money. Yes. And, po and a lot of people believe that poetry itself is dead. You know, we have this sort of um, archive of, of, of poetry that people dip into for big occasions or funerals. And then a bit of a, a hiatus where, you know, not too much comes and goes. So... It's now on the, the rise. I'm so delighted to say um, it doesn't surprise me that it's on the rise because of the way the world is. I think it's relative. I think it's hand in hand. Do you know what I think might have given it um, a pathway to a new audience? It's inspirational quotes. What yes. you've done is put those on steroids. Yes, I totally agree. It's about changing the format of it slightly to make it more accessible 
instantly relatable and and attractive to read in your busy day as you're scrolling because now we read so differently. We yeah, scroll. We and you know what it's like when you get into that scroll? It's almost like some sort of um, catatonic state and an hour can pass and you realise that you're, you've, you've, you've accidentally stumbled onto one reel and now you're 100 in. Um, so we, we have a different way of consuming information in this day and age. And so poetry, of course, had to come up and and evolve with that otherwise it's it's you know it will remain in the past so I think you're absolutely right everybody can handle a quote but if you say to somebody do you like poetry most people will say oh oh um no no they don't consider themselves to enjoy poetry or read it when actually they are they're reading it all the time and they're often writing it without realizing it as well I see them do it in the comments some of these little um comments that people tag their friends in they're beautiful the things that they say they're poetic and I think it's just about about letting people see that actually poetry you are poetry you read it every day you write it um so I think you're bang on with the quotes the best-selling author in the UK for the last two years is bonkers bonkers and I try not to think about things like that too much because um it's I don't know it it takes me into another dimension where I start thinking too deeply about what I'm doing because I've never done that the whole thing has been very organic it's felt really natural and most importantly it's never been overwhelming and it's never not been enjoyable I've never woken up of a day and gone oh gosh I've got to do this again I wake up every single day and I don't even plan you know, I might put a few pointers in for seasonal things or so on, but I, I go with my gut for mm. work on a daily basis. And to be able to do that is, I mean, what more could you want when you're a mum and, you know, you're trying to find that balance in life of work and living. It's it's all been a joy. So I'm just here. I'm in the moment. I'm enjoying it. Everything's a bonus. And I'm not looking too deeply into um the wows of it but it is nice to which is ironic because your job now has become looking deeply and into feelings and emotions yes and sentiment and sadness and loss and grief your ability to in a really pithy way signpost loss for example grief you say grief is just love turned inside out (gasps) Gosh, you know, even as I say that, I'm swallowing a tear. Yeah, and it's so true, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you don't grieve if you haven't loved. It's it, it's the the bittersweet conundrum mm. of of life, the whole the whole thing. That's it. You know, the the bigger the love, kind of the, the bigger the grief, isn't it? Yeah, and every single person in the world is will be grieving or is grieving at some point, and that's the one thing that connects everyone. Yeah, the human condition to love and to lose and. I just, I'm on a bit of a mission to have it more readily talked about, you know, to um, to not think that you have to dim the lights and darken the atmosphere mm-hmm. to introduce the topic of grief because but, it should coexist. And I think culturally, grief manifests itself differently in so many different parts of the world. So you go to Ireland and say, look, look you have already made me cry, Donna. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
just talking about this because you are able to frame it so beautifully. But you, you go around the world and they grieve in, in different ways. They celebrate yeah. life. And I think your poetry is a really good bridge for that. And I really um denied about whether or not, not only did I want to introduce the woman behind the pen to the listeners of this podcast, but did I want to get to know so much about you? Would it... Would it change? Would it, would it take away from yeah. my ability to fall into your words? Yes. And then, of course, I am Google and I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> so here we are. But I hope that, it, you know, many of you, without even realising, listening right now, will have done as I've done. You'll have fallen into Donna's words. And I would really encourage you to just head on over to her Instagram or her Facebook page where she reads them regularly Um and hopefully, having listened to this episode, you'll be able to really understand um, just the force that she is um, as she forges her way in the most difficult of territories as a modern day poet. So let me rewind and let's just start where I discovered you and where you were in lockdown, because you were having a really tough time of it, weren't you? I, I mean, I... The, the reason that I write is not because I'm, I'm brimming with sunshine. I'm not a positive person. I don't wake up every day and go, hello world, here I come. You know, I don't have cheese to spare. I create the cheesiness. I need it. I've had to learn to um, handle a very oversensitive, too deeply thinking mind. And I've had to find tools to survive in this world because... It's cutthroat and people like me who cry everything and feel everything too deeply are told to chin up, get on with it. I've had that my whole life. So the reason I write is to is to use that darkness to find perspectives, to flip the perspective of everything that is hard and, and look for the hope and look for the comfort. So by doing that for myself and by sharing it for other people, it has been the most cathartic thing because I'm no longer ashamed of the things that I have to work hard to change. I actually see them as being the, the pillars of the whole, you know, the whole thing, the whole reason why I write. So it's all work, it's all intent, it's all done with purpose. And during the lockdown, I thought to myself, I am, I'm going to struggle here. I'm, you know, I don't want to become depressed. I don't want to go under. What can I do to get through this? Because if you've got a very deeply thinking over questioning mind and you're sensitive, big catastrophes can really push you over the edge. Yes, yeah. and away so from I thought, poetry, right. away from poetry, you'd also just moved back to Scotland, having lived yeah. overseas for many years with your husband and your young children. You've yeah. been running a children's nursery as a business a play center a a soft play you know the ball pools and they were the first yeah and they were the first to close I mean you know we we were still in Manchester when the pandemic hit Mm -hmm. where we had the, the the play center and we moved to Scotland between the lockdowns we literally upped and ran and didn't you know because we we could see another one was imminent um, so we we just ran, we just moved, we just changed everything. We had to shut our business, so we didn't see it opening anytime soon. We were the first to close, last to open, um, and it changed absolutely everything. So I thought, I'm going to need a purpose here, or I'm going to sink. 
And so I self-appointed uh, myself as, you know, a bit of a place to come for hope and comfort, but also acknowledge the, 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 the hardships and the darkness, not brush over it. You can't, you can't become resilient or heal if you brush over what it is that's pulling you down. You must Got go and it. sit with it for a minute yeah. and then you can look for the perspectives and, and pull yourself back up. So I gave myself that job and it really just, it, it saved me and, it, and everything has gone from that point onwards and it hasn't stopped. The snowball, the snowball began between the lockdowns and it hasn't stopped rolling since. So you find yourself <clears throat> with a business that's shut and yeah. no idea when it might open. It's yeah. a family business, so you don't just lose one income, you lose both. Everything, yeah. Everything. That must have, for somebody that feels things so acutely, Yeah. that must have been terrifying at times. It was terrifying, but I feel things really acutely. I feel grief. I feel world, um, you know, when, when things are going on in the world, they really affect me more than they should to the point where people will say, well, okay, but, you know, onwards now. It's been a week and you're, you, you can't still be crying about somebody you've never met. Um, but I don't worry so much about money and... Um, I have a deep faith in the universe and the way it works. Really? That's so for isn't it? yeah, so for me, I was able to just instinctively know that there would be another thing coming to us, that we would find what was right. My husband, on the other hand, who doesn't think deeply about anything, really <laughs> struggled with that because he is very practical. Well, where is the money? Where is the income? Where is this business you speak of that will find us? Um, so, you know, that's the, the, the converse. I don't worry so much about the small stuff. Um, I, I have found a faith over the years that, you, you get there, these things, you know, that's where the hope comes in. That is what hope is. It's that sort of bridge between what is and what will be. Well, let's rewind three years before we locked down, 2017, you start writing a blog because yeah. words have been your balm over the years, no matter what's happened. And we'll, let's, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about your extraordinary twists and turns professionally because as we listen now, I think people would be quite surprised to know that you have... <laughs> had a lifetime of struggling with your mental health, that you quit university to become a red coat, then a singer on a cruise ship, <laughs> then you were signed to a, a record company. Yeah. Um, all before getting married and working on magazines. So there's, there's a little potted history there of who you are and how creative you are. But yeah. the blog, Pass It On Ladies, that was just something that you'd started to, to upload your thoughts, your poetry onto Facebook and a community congregated, almost church-like, yeah. around your words. And that's when you decided to kind of like, I'm going to have to monetize this in lockdown and find a way to publish books because this is all we've got, really, to work yeah. with. Yeah, I mean, it's true. When you when you say it like that, it's true. I didn't expect it to, to gather a following, although I was actively trying to. But this was before poetry. I thought I might start an online magazine like a blog, like many other people had done. And I thought I'd really like to, to encourage women to come together because I'm passionate about what it is to be a woman and how we relate to each other. It doesn't matter what we do for a living, what age we are, which part of the world we come from. We know, we just know. And if you don't know, you don't know, but women know. And I wanted more <laughs> of that in my life. And, but I didn't, 
the poetry came after. The, the, the poetry just came out of nowhere when I started to write a little bit more deeply. And uh, the following grew and grew. And like you say, I thought, OK, but what do you do with a following? You know, and uh, what, what, what am I doing? An online magazine? Would the, I then approach advertisers or become an influencer, which terrified me because I didn't want to be, I didn't want it to be about me physically as a person or my appearance or anything like that because I'm not, I'm not thick-skinned enough for that. Um, so the lockdown convinced me after the poem went really viral that I'm going to make a little book. I'm going to self-publish a little book. And all my followers said, we'll buy it. We'll buy it. And I, I, I put it out there via Amazon and they bought it. And that Hundreds gave of thousands me, of copies have been they, sold. That gave me <laughs> so much courage then to go, OK, I'm doing this now. And, you know, why would you not go with that, uh, you know, uh, handed from the, the ether like a gift? Um, and it's just been carrying on like that. And it's the, the people who follow me and have followed me from the beginning are like friends. Um, they're so supportive and they're always there. And I've been very honest with them about every step of the journey, the ups and the downs, because that's where the love lives. You, if you're only sharing the good stuff, but, yeah. you're not actually helping anybody or giving You're an them... associate, not a friend. Yeah. Kind the of. Love, the love lives in the ugly truths, you know, because the minute you share it's one, other people go, oh, that's what I need to hear. That's the connection. That makes me feel better or the same or, you know, uh, and it's just... It's just a joy, Kate. It's all just such a joy. So that one poem, you posted it as ladies pass it on. You still hadn't had the conviction to put your name to your work in case, I don't know, what, what, what was holding that I think by back? that point, my name was there. Um, I, and, and I've been asked this a lot in the last couple of weeks. And I really need to sit down and actually look at my Facebook memories and get the timeline straight. But I think maybe I had just started putting my name to the things that I was writing in time for that poem to go viral, or it was definitely of that time. Um, but seeing it actually go around the world and people reciting it and the NHS and doctors in America and the mayor of Chicago and, you know, seeing it, um, seeing, what it seeing what words could do in a really difficult time to bring everybody together gave me life it really it reminded me why I love writing why I love words why they're so important because you can put one little thing on Facebook and that little thing can go around the world and bring everybody together in a way that is empowering and, and makes everybody feel like we've got this you know we can do something we can we can hope and that's an, a thing to hope is action you're actively hoping and we felt useless didn't we we felt hopeless oh my god yeah we, we felt completely redundant, so... I think we felt a lot of things, and we, we were feeling things um, and living in a time that we'd never lived through before. So it was really, you know, for somebody to, to really articulately capture that moment, it was, it was just prime for sharing. And I've just scrolled back, actually, to our very first message, 20th of March, oh. 2020, Donna. Oh, wow! Hi, Kate. I'm so pleased you love my poem. I wrote one every day. If you could tag my page, I would be so very grateful. And Aww. ladies, pass it on. Oh, That's wow. How... Yeah. So it was still ladies, pass it on. And then I said, thank you so much. It made me cry. Such beautiful words. 
which really did soothe. Whatever you do, keep writing. And you know what? Can you imagine how that encouraged me? Can you imagine the the confidence and the strength that gave me? Uh, the the, the no. women, and you were one of the very first that have encouraged me for no reason. There's absolutely nothing in it for you other than that's just who you are and you pass that on and it brings people up. And you gave me words that I could put on the cover of my self-published book, yes. which then allowed other people to feel confident in spending their money on my mm -hmm. book that you had said this was going to be, you know, this was good, this was this was worth it in a way. Those moments are everything for somebody like me with no qualifications, with no publisher, with no clue of what I'm doing, just, just inst instinct. And it also reminded me why the women supporting women, the reason women come together in that way is so powerful and... Thank you for that, because I just would have lost the nerve. I would have lost the confidence along the way. I would have... The criticism that, that comes in the early days before you've sort of got that shininess about you that other people have confirmed, I might not have got past it. So thank you, really well, from the bottom of my heart. Well, I'm li literally just scrolling through our messages now and, and then we get to June 2020 couple of months on just a couple of months yeah hi Kate I thought you may like to know I turned my poem into a book oh. a collection of all my poems during the pandemic I would love to send you one. Oh. and I'm like Gosh. wow that's, that's that's really interesting for me because I really don't I don't keep timelines in my head if there's something wrong with my Instagram does <laughs> my neuropaths <laughs> Um, so that's really fascinating. And it was all so fast, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, literally, from March... How did I do that so quickly? To June. <laughs> and then we started voice messaging each other. And and then, you know what? Aww. It's just been a pleasure, Donna, to sit back and watch you fly. I feel quite emotional now. I'm going to have to take a breath. <laughs> You're so adorable. Thank you. Thank you. But listen, you say I was one of the first to share. I really yeah. wasn't because... There were much bigger guns than me um, oh. putting your words out to their audiences. Um, Chloe Kardashian, Tony Collette, Pink, man, Pink. Yes. Pink. Yes, I know. That was a night. That was only a, 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 maybe a month or so ago. Um, she shared it on her stories. And this morning I've just been uh, Instagram messaging the amazing Evangeline Lilly, who uh, tagged me and shared something of mine. I'm a, just a huge fan of hers. So, you know, you can't quite believe. That's the power of Instagram as well. You get to meet That's why you're that... a very modern poet, right? Because yeah. Because you've taken your words into the most modern of spaces. And yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, you don't, you don't need a publisher. You published yourself. Then you become the subject of a bidding war. How exciting. Uh, I, I mean, to be honest, I was c completely clueless throughout all of that. I, I honestly, completely <laughs> clueless. You know, it's not great when you just do... I mean, instinct is powerful and I rely on it heavily, uh, which is just as well because I live in the hills of Scotland. You know, I'm in my office most of the time. Occasionally I fly to London and do exciting things. But for the most part, it's me and my dogs here. Um, and I'm just writing and making it up as I go along and enjoying it. So... 
the business side of it is is a learning curve and I've, I have been in business many times in my life so it's all coming back to me a bit but the creativity and the business side you know it's hard to um marry the two and find a yeah. nice harmony and I like to They're kind of it. oil and water aren't they I like but they keep... have to learn to coexist <laughs> it's, it's tricky isn't it you, you want to do... eat if you want to eat exactly <laughs> and you don't want to be one of these people who had a book once and then didn't manage to sort of uh, build uh, something long term out of it you know uh, I was reading a thread on threads this morning about authors who said that we were we were crazy successful 10 years ago and we can't get a book out now and I feel like industries chew people up and spit them out a lot of the time it happened to me in the music industry badly um so that is at the forefront of my mind as well. You know, this is this is not about the industries. This is not about powerful companies becoming more powerful. This is about words and organic connections between real people doing real jobs and supporting each other. So I keep that going. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What you created with that community is something that actually a publisher can't do for you. They can't create yeah. authenticity yes. and genuine connection yeah. and that shareability. They can buy ads and yeah. they can do some great you know, SEO and they can throw money at it. Yeah. But what you achieved is kind of priceless. And I think that's the way publishing and music is going now is that you almost yeah. have to build your own community before they'll yes. put some money behind it. A hundred percent. When I was in the music industry, I wasn't really. I got signed to management. I never got a record deal. Uh, I There was no internet, Kate. <laughs> you couldn't uh, you couldn't go on TikTok and play your tunes. You had to have a record deal, get on the radio. Yeah. There was no other way. And, you know, there's such a small percentage of people who actually achieve that. Whereas nowadays, the world's your stage. If you can do it, if you can dream it, if you can go for it, you can gather your following. Yeah. And I think that's really exciting because so many talented people, not just singers or writers, but 
people doing random, the randomest things. Mm -hmm. And they are brilliant. They're doing it so brilliantly that we are entertained, that they're, they're, they're fulfilling a job On we didn't so know existed. Levels. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know there's a lot of people that kind of, you know, rub their hands together and say, well, the internet has ruined everything. I think it's created so many self-starting opportunities in so many ways. Listen, you know, you, you, it, it, it comes with its own set of gripes and there's plenty to complain about. But fundamentally, you know, without the internet, I wouldn't be sat here talking to you now on no, my own and show I, that, and I that we run. Be, and I know. wouldn't be published. No. And that is the bare bones of it. And, you know, and we're as, not young guns, by the way. We are yeah. midlife women who yeah. are juggling families. You know, we've, we've had multiple identities professionally. Yeah. And Which is also a really good point, you know, the fact that as women, I mean, I'm 48 now, soon it'd be 49, and you're never set or done. There's never any end to the no. new chapters. And I think we're led to believe that you've very much made your choices by middle age, and that's who you are. And I can't say it enough times, this is who you are now, but... You know, there are so many chapters ahead of you. And yes. actually, it's a whole new book because you're coming at it from such a place of inner peace in comparison to what we knew in our 20s and 30s. Oh it was just goodness. chaos, wasn't it? So, but I think also, I mean, you and I have got children of a similar age. Yeah, 15. My eldest is 15. Yeah, and mine's your 15. Your son's 15. Yeah, and you get to that stage now where I can see um, a new dawn for me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it doesn't frighten me. And... It, it, it absolutely thrills me. I think, right, yeah. next act. Yes, What exactly. am I going to do? Next Where act. am I going to go? I'm next excited. Chapter. I don't feel done in I any don't way. Feel, I have never felt more. But I do feel different. Yeah, yeah. And I'm determined that this next part of my life is going to be enjoyed properly. Actually present, you know, none of this worrying about what people think of me or, mm. you know, am I fitting in everybody's standards or what I should be? All of that is staying in my 30s and my 20s and going forward thinking about the women that were ahead of me and how they inspire me and how I might inspire the women coming up behind drives me on a daily basis. So I want to get this right in terms of am I showing you that yes, things are really difficult, nothing's ever perfect, you will be judged, you will be criticised and don't believe for a minute that people are doing it better than you are because that's not true, that's just a perception. Here is what it really is and whilst there are negatives to that, it's actually really positive because once you take away that mask of perfectionism and say, you know, no, actually, here are all the ugly truths but you know, this is living, this is what it's like. You break you, many times. just take the word ugly away, it's just the yeah, truth. it's just truths. Who says it's and, ugly? Yeah, well, society, I suppose. Yeah. But, you know, we are here to say that actually there's beauty in absolutely everything and nobody's getting it right 100% of the time and nobody, no matter what it looks like from mm. the outside in, is Instagram perfect. And I don't know about you, but I'm seeing a huge change in what people share such realness now such actually this is what is behind the shine but yeah, you can well, still shine I shine you know? I scroll past the shine though because it yeah. just doesn't speak to me no um, and I don't know and if I'm a bit too shiny myself sometimes I don't but know, the I, shiny, do you know what? to be honest I don't really overthink what I share I just post exactly and you can be shiny and real at the same time because I don't know about you but I love the sparkle and the shine and I love that about other people as long as we're being real about you know, this is how life actually is. 
day to day in reality, you know, we all have our struggles, but you can still be shiny. And I think it's the same with the grief and the sadness and the loneliness and the, the joy. They coexist and they, they should coexist every day, sometimes in the same five minute period. I can feel all of them. <laughs> yeah. And I used to panic and think there's something wrong with me. You shouldn't be up and down. You should be graceful all the time. And now I know that, you know, if if you're not feeling at all, you're not paying attention. You know, this is the world that we live in. It's life. That's is how it should be. So, yeah, I'm looking forward and to also, the next bit. Without those frailties, without those difficult moments, without having to dig yourself out of a ditch in life, you wouldn't be able to write as you do now. Before I let you go, I just wondered if you would mind sharing with me some of your difficulties, because only because I just think that, that uh, certainly that a lot of the women that listen to this podcast and men at this life stage struggle with their mental health. Yeah, yeah. Um, certainly in menopause and perimenopause yeah. for women, it can be a time when you just don't know your own mind. And I yeah. know that you have definitely experienced that at all points across your life. Yeah. And I just want people to hear you as you are now, knowing that, that better, brighter times can be found yeah. in a difficult 100%. mind. I think a lot of women, like you say, experience it for the first time in menopause. Mm. And I've lived with it my whole life, this very complicated mental health uh, relationship. And it's only now I can look back and see at the time, we didn't talk about it. As a teenager, I was very anorexic. Now, we knew what that was, but there was little help for it. Mm -hmm. But we didn't equate it to, this is a mental health. This is a symptom of a deeper struggle. Did you not, and, was the house, can I ask you, because we're pretty much of a similar age, and I too was a teenage anorexic. Yeah. And my lifeline came via a GP who just talked to me. I had talking yeah. therapy. I didn't have access no. to a therapist. And I had this this amazing doctor who sat and said to me, you know that this is a mental health issue and tried to explain it to my parents because my dad couldn't understand why I just How wonderful eat. that you had that. I was, I was so lucky, Donna. And it was so inspiring to me that I eventually went into therapy and again in later life and then again in later life when I became a single parent and had really used therapy as a tool to get me through my sadness, yeah. I then went and qualified as a counsellor wow. so that I can do it for others. That's amazing. Eventually. I didn't know that about you. Mm. That's fantastic. Uh, my GP told me eat more. He <sighs> put me on the scales and he said, half a stone, come back. Imagine and putting I've... an anorexic on scales now. I know, I know. And it's I like had drunk... a crack pipe for a crackhead. I had drunk so much water, pints and pints to try and be heavier. To bulk you out. Um, so my mum being the amazing person that she is, thought, okay, we're on our own here. She was very young. My mum's only 20 years older than me. So we went down a, a spiritual path. We went down the Reiki, the self-help, the Louise Hay. And had I not done that, you know, I don't know what would have happened to me. So I very was... Very forward thinking of your mum. Really. Very, but we had to order all the books from America. There was, there was no books that could make me think other people were like me. But the, the Louise Well, the only person that was like us, that we knew of, was Lena Zavaroni or Karen Carpenter. Yes. That's it. That's and the that only was a references. tragic tale. And, and they died, right? Yeah. And then when you say you have to order a book from America, that can take weeks to come. Yeah. Sometimes weeks is not what you have. Yeah. And, and I, I wrote, I wish I knew. 
for the 17-year-old me that at that mm. point in time and everything that I needed then is in there. So I've come at it not from a, a, a therapist or a trained way, but from a spiritual side. Mm. And then, much of course, the same, by the way. It works out very similarly. Mm. And I've had to then, like you, have had to use it. You, go, you, you, you get to a point where you're doing it actively every day without thinking about it and then you hit hard times and you need to do it again and in my 20s I became very anorexic again and then I had to get through it again and then there are other things that we face where you go into uh, I realise now about the depression I never wanted to label myself mm. as somebody who was depressed but I can see it now looking back Yeah. Uh, and still now you know and that's something that was you have to come to terms with it doesn't make you less of a a person to say that you you, you you suffer with depression it just means it just puts you together more in more sense for yourself so yeah so I came at it from that whole holistic side and then I've practiced it now for what 30 years so the the poetry that I write is from learning to live with my own mental health issues and the whole kind of journaling disorder. isn't it it's what they call journaling now right it's yeah. you putting you down on the page exactly. I always found it very helpful to do that because I was able to look at myself in that way yeah. in a time when I actually couldn't look at myself physically yeah. you so almost have to admit it, it you can't write a lie can you you can't write a lie in your journal no. You can start to do it, but it's like it, you're stopped. You have to be honest. And the thing is, I think when you are in the grips of that illness, you're lying to everybody, but fundamentally yeah. you don't lie to yourself. I didn't. Yeah. But one thing I would say to that um, is that what I took from my uh, eating disorders and the the challenges that I put my mind and body through was that I learned that I'm capable of extraordinary strength, right? Yeah. Because it took strength to deprive oh, myself in that way. And it took greater strength to rebuild. And every time that I have struggled in life, I've always remembered that I got through yeah. that. And I, what I did is that I applied that willpower to really positive ways. Yeah. So I remember failing a lot of tests at school and the vanity of, of not being able to get out of that small town and up to London to become the journalist that I wanted to be. There was yeah. a vanity to that for me. When somebody told me that you're going to compromise your ability to be a professional woman and I, I really wanted to have a career. Nobody I knew did and yeah. I really wanted that. That was all I needed to hear. That was my penny yeah. drop, right? And I thought, right, all of that willpower that I wrap around this twisted illness, I'm going to yeah. wrap around my professional self. And I was editor of Smash Hits by the yeah, age of 21. I know, I know. With that drive, you know? <laughs> so sometimes what feels like a disorder yeah. can be your greatest the passion strength. Wear behind it like it. a cape. The power and the passion behind that. And you're putting it into negative purposes. Mm. If you can turn it to positive, there's no stopping you. So don't think of somebody with a mental illness as a weak person is what I'm saying. No, I definitely... Yeah, we're we're seeing that now. Mm. But can I was told that I'll never make it in the music industry because I was so thin and it didn't wobble me. It did not stop me. You know, so I can see now how deeply entrenched I was that I that I was so desperate because I wrote all my own songs. I wanted those words in the world. It was the lyrics. And I still couldn't get rid of my this lock that this eating disorder had on me. I couldn't get out of it. Mm. But Somebody asked me the other day, and I wondered if you don't mind me asking you, do no. you feel that you're through it now? Do you, you are cured. If there is such a thing, are you cured of eating disorders? For 
the last 30 years, I would have said yes. I think when menopause hits and suddenly this this weight gain comes from nowhere that you can't control. Yeah. I realized that, um, and I'm not saying that in any way that I'm back in the grips of an eating disorder, but I've, I realize now I've always controlled my weight yeah. by being really healthy yeah. and working out a lot. Right? Yeah. And for a long time, I was able to eat pretty much whatever I like. I can't do that now. I'm, my body just doesn't respond to that. I think I'll get back to myself. And in my kinder days, I just go, Kate, your body yeah. is going through extraordinary change. The last time it was trying to go through puberty, you starved it to death. Just yeah. sit with it. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I am trying to learn to be okay with it. But it's the first time I've struggled since I was 17 years old. Yeah. I think it's it was a really interesting question for me the other day because I always say, yes, I'm through mm. it. I'm yeah. completely through it. I, I eat what I want, but I make healthy choices in that I'll eat things that are really quite fattening because they're good for me. That, for me, is a sign that you're, you're in a healthy place. Oh, yeah. But then I realised that actually it's always going to be a part of me. It's always going to... Mm. And, and saying that you're through it is... Uh, it's not that simple. You have to sort of... You have to understand it's always there waiting in the wings for a, think, a, a moment. It, yeah, it's not that you're through it. You're just not in it. Yeah. And, and it's it's kind of part of... I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of... I feel like you always have to be mindful that on vulnerable moments and the menopause is a huge one in so many ways that you have to be careful not to... um, Because it's come along at the same time. I mean, I would say that menopause is a bit like... (laughs) It's like puberty reversing up the drive. (laughs) It's kind of a way of saying it. (laughs) And it really is. But I think, you know, until I I hit that, I kind of knew, you know, I'd, I'd spent a lot of time getting to like myself. And yeah. I'd done a lot of, of time in therapy, studying to become a therapist. And and then menopause came along and, and kind of knocked me off my perch, really. I didn't like who I was anymore. I didn't know who I was anymore. I was an angry, weeping, forgetful, um, hot mess. Yeah. And with that came all kinds of mental changes, physical yeah. changes, and then I educated myself on it. And I think for the first two or three years of perimenopause, I attacked it. And I've stopped being so aggressive with it now. Yeah. And I'm just trying to be a bit kinder to myself. And I know it will pass. And the one thing that I did that was so good for me was I talked to women who were on the other side of it. I didn't yeah. just sit with the, with the crowd that are in it with me. Let's look over the hill. Let's yeah. see. Oh, there's a light. So there's important. the tunnel. There's the end of the... Ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Just wait. And... I know that if I'd have just been patient in puberty with my body, yeah, I wouldn't I have know. ended up where I did. Yeah. So I'm trying to, to do, do it. the same. Yeah. That is I'm... such good advice. That is such good advice. Oh, thanks. That's really just landed with me because I spoke to somebody. I had to give up alcohol this year. Same. Well, I, ju- I very rarely drink now. I mean, literally only out in a, in company. And even then I'll probably be driving or yeah. it just, it's just not my it's friend not in the working. way it used to. It's Suddenly it's become, it's become lady petrol. It really, <laughs> you're coming out with some. <laughs> Should be a poet, Donna. Watch yourself. <laughs> I will be writing after this and you'll be like, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, I love that, uh, that Tamsin um, had alcohol-free 
um, Fizz at the We Free Women charity event. Yes, that which was is where we met for the first time very recently. In real life, because uh, that made me feel completely like I was part of it and up on the dance floor with your little glass of Fizz. But for me, it's just not been metabolising in so many ways, you know. And this woman said to me, um, I think you, an older woman said, you've done absolutely the right thing, but never say never, she said. You know, I did that and, and then at about 55, everything changes again yeah. and suddenly your chemicals and your hormones are all in a new phase and uh, you can decide then how you go on. And there was something about that that just, it took a weight off my shoulders that I don't have to say, that's me. You know what I mean? I've changed. I need to keep reminding myself this, of course, like everything, you're going to change again, you know. And so you must keep looking over the hill Mm. at the women that are ahead of you. Um, And uh, that's such good advice. Such good advice. Uh, Donna, thank you so much for coming on. How has your white one question time been? I've loved it. I knew that I would. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I forgot we were even doing it. We've just been having such a lovely chat. I've been so invested in everything you're saying. I feel like I've come away with some things today as well. So thank you. Great. You've Please given me feel food free to take anything that we've discussed and put it. Taking it. And, into because honestly, poetry. that would be a great honour. It really yes, would. Yes, well, watch the space. <laughs> and your book is available in all good bookshops. It is. And on Amazon. Yes. But you know what? Please, if you have the uh, inclination to go and buy this and you live near a local bookshop, go and buy it from them. It's such a lovely thing to do. And it really does support the ethos of so many of your brilliant poems. Yes, it does. Donna Ashworth, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, how wonderful was that? Donna Ashworth. Lovely to finally meet the woman behind the poetry. And we have back catalogue episodes waiting for you with some of the fantastic women that she mentioned there. Uh, So Tamsin Athwaite talking about We Free Women and her experiences through perimenopause and intermenopause. That's available, as is Chats with Denise Welsh, who introduced me to Donna and her wise words in the first place. I'll be back on Friday with a brand new episode. Until then, do let us know if you like this idea of us dropping a little mini episode on a Tuesday with somebody new that maybe hadn't figured on your radar. And if you do, who else would you like to hear? Thanks for listening. White Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.